The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Passion. It is Trouble Tuesdays, the night I reserve to answer your questions all evening long. You can send me texts at 514-800. Some people like to do it by email when there's more to say than in a short text. And you can send that to Lori at drlaurie.com. You can also uh, call in at 514-790-0800. So if it's a question about sex, your relationship, you want to talk something out, you want to just... Uh, you know, vent a little bit about what's going on um, vis-a-vis your mental health, please feel free to uh, to send in uh, your thoughts, your questions. So here's a couple of emails that I want to share with you. My daughter and I were wondering if you ever had more news from those three girls out west. We remember you reading that message from them sometime back and we were both crying. Do you recall the date of that show? We would like to listen to it again Uh, Or maybe if you still have the message, read it again. I'd have to find it, and I really don't know the date, unfortunately. The thought came up because of a news story on CNN about prostitutes in L.A. found dead from a beatings two years ago. A suspect has finally been arrested. You may have prevented the same fate for those three girls. I'm certainly not going to take credit for that. Those girls were good and strong and made a decision. Uh, but I, I heard from them a couple of times, so they've each each of them actually have uh, written in uh, a few times, and they are all seeming to be doing great in their lives today. So um, thank you for your concern, though, and for um, you know checking in. Good evening. I was in Jean Coutu Saturday, and in the lineup for the cash, I saw a DVD display, and one of them was The Ref. I could not for the life of me remember why that title stood out. Then it came to me. Someone had mentioned that movie on your show. I bought it. The best $5 I ever spent. I don't remember laughing so much. I think it was the passion poet that had suggested that movie, but memory serves me right uh, Dennis Le- Leary drops the f-bomb often but Kevin Spacey drops it a few times himself but it works and works really well definitely not for kids but adults will love this this is about a dysfunctional family taken hostage by a thief and when extended family shows up for Christmas Eve dinner the thief poses as a marriage counselor I have to see this this is all I will say but it is a Christmas movie of a different kind once again you and the passion community put a smile where one has not been for some time time i enjoyed friday's show very much and it is nice to know your show is touching and helping people worldwide and your poet came through for our friends in australia how the poet can come up with nice poems so fast is beyond me are you planning on any holiday shows as much as the holidays are supposed to be joy joyful it is pressure filled too especially this year i hear you if you have any thoughts about what you want me to talk about or or what kind of holiday show you'd like me to do sometime in December, although I'll be taking a few days off, uh, let me know and I'm happy to address whatever concerns you have. And you can email me your thoughts for subject, like topic ideas that you want me to cover, things that you may be going through that you think might need a bit more in-depth look at. I have lots of ideas for the new year, but I'm always happy to um, to respond to your needs, right? I'm here for you, so I'd like to respond to your needs as well. 
Dr. Lori, I want to start by saying that you have continued to be a positive light in my life. Maybe all your shows are not to my personal liking, but I enjoy most shows. The ladies view being a personal favorite. I'm doing my best to stay safe, but Saturday morning I went to, I'm not going to necessarily name the store, but a big box store. I was there for a total of 10 seconds. It was packed and apparently the store claims to be a safe place to shop. You would think they would limit the amount of people in the store, but they do not. In Toronto, they shut down small retailers, yet big box stores stay open because they sell food. A small retailer can easily limit the amount of people in their store and not spread the virus, yet the big box stores uh, are full and a super spreader. Does This does not make sense. I'm not a big... Uh, big box store shopper, but wanted to pick up a few toys. I went to a small hobby shop who had interesting educational toys and a great selection. I bought things I would not find at those other big stores. I'm very tired of the COVID life, and if I hear the words new normal one more time, I'm going to bonk someone. 2020 will go down as perhaps the worst year since World War II years. Thank you for being on the air every night. A positive, reassuring voice to the end of a day. Thank you so much. That's uh, very, very sweet. Is it okay to try to meet someone online at this time, but not ready to meet until there is a COVID vaccine? That's a great question. And I think um, you have people who are a bit divided on this because as single people, people you're allowed according to the guidelines allowed to 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 visit with a person right if you're if you're alone but of course this is a personal thing for you about maintaining um your safety so the opportunity you have now is a little bit unique because you can use covid as the excuse to not meet in person, but at the same time getting to know somebody a little more than you would have maybe uh, previous to COVID. So now you can establish an online relationship with them. You can FaceTime with them on a regular basis. You can get to know them, build up that intimacy. You, I believe that through video conferencing and things like that, you can get a feel for somebody and, and the energy too, um, and to see if you want to take it into real life. Now, you can wait till there's a vaccine, but that might be a few months down the road, which is is fine. You can you can maintain this relationship online as long as the other person's okay with it. You can choose to have a date where you're outside and walking and six feet apart and wearing masks. So that's as safe as you're going to get. So that's a possibility as well if you want to meet in person. If you decide that you want to take it further, then you have to ask each other the right questions. So you want to find out what each of you for each other, like who are you exposed to? Do are you do you regularly visit with people? Do you work in a in a field where you might uh, be more exposed? If the other person says, "Look, I work from home. I don't see anybody. I barely go anywhere," um, you know, or I, I've been tested for it. I've got not. It's negative. Although the test is only really as good as the the day you got it. And then if you don't go out after that, but uh, so these are the conversations people have to be having now. They have to establish their risk of catching the virus from somebody they're meeting who they don't know. 
So having these conversations about people's exposure and then making the decision for yourself as to whether you want to put yourself at risk and is the, is the risk worth it? Is it a, it's a calculated risk because there's no, no such thing as um, no risk at all. Uh, as a citizen of the passion community, I think that any product featuring Kevin Spacey should be boycotted. That's a very good point. As I was reading out his name, I thought that very same thing with his um, with his history. It doesn't take away the fact that he might be a really good actor, uh, but when you watch it, you think, ugh, this guy's done some really um, creepy things, and that's kind of not really pleasant, right? I mean, that's goes against what we all believe, of course. Dr. Lori, I met a guy six months ago whose conversations got progressively more kinky. He wants to take me to San Francisco to the Folsom Kink Fest next year. Just how kinky can it get? As much of the stuff he talks about is beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Well, you might want to look into it a little bit. I don't know much about this, the kink fest, but it's probably quite, will be quite an eye opener for you if you're not involved in the kink community. This is someone who wants to date you, who wants to try to get you to be kinky like him. The thing is, you need to understand that if this is a part of his um, orientation, if you will, like it's a really important part of his sex life you're going to have to be on board with him or it's not going to work out. Like he, I, I worry that he's trying to convince you to do things that you may not be comfortable with. So I want you to think about that first. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Trouble Tuesdays tonight on the program. Your questions, your comments welcomed all evening long. 514-800 to text in. Uh, to email me, it's lori at drlori.com. Just Drew writes, I fell in love with my wife when I first saw her at a party and gave her a hug good night when she left. But then I really, really fell in love when we spoke for the first time on the phone. I think we went six hours straight before we each ran out of smokes and had to go. <laughs> um Somebody wrote in, uh, Kevin Spacey, did he really? Kevin Spacey was charged, pleaded not guilty. 2019 charges were dropped by his alleged victim. All right, well, I don't know about all that. Uh, moral of the story is with Zoom in a conversation, you can achieve exactly the same thing. I uh, just missing the smell in and the warmth. So that's quite true, those conversations, even more so, right? Before we didn't, before we had internet or the video calling we had the telephone and we could spend hours and hours on the telephone and you could absolutely um get to know somebody that way uh, the Folsom festival is a raunchy demonstration of kink of every kind it is prominent in the gay community where men having sex in full public display is considered the norm a guy wanted me to go but i declined when i researched the extent of the heavy themes so that's for the person whose boyfriend wants her uh, wants to take her to san francisco um you know if his i want to go back to that if his conversations are growing progressively more kinky you can bet that this is what he wants to practice or he's a practitioner of kink so are you on board or not on board like you need to think about what it is uh, you want you know and he may really really like you but at some point that may 
it, it may cause a problem. I, I mean, it's just I've seen it in other relationships, but it may happen, may not happen, but it may cause a problem where he wants to do things that you are not up to doing and then that will cause potentially a problem in in your relationship so i want to share this particular email with you but i want to get your thoughts and let's go in this as the passion community helping each other so Lori, this is the the email i got i am shamed this is written by a french person so the the english is not as great my brother is with the same girl for three years and sunday i went to his house and i caught him with a different girl I like the girlfriend and we are good friends for a long time. I want to say it to her, but I don't want to betray my brother. He tells me, ce n'est pas mes affaires, it's not none of your business. She is a good friend. I speak to my brother and I ask him why he does this and he tells me, not your business. Not my business. She tells me she loves my brother. Now I am confused. What does a person... Um, do in a situation like this so here here's the scenario right you are friends with your brother's girlfriend you know that this girlfriend loves him you catch your brother with another woman so he's cheating she knows that he is cheating on this uh, other on the girlfriend who she likes what does she do so i want you to think about that what does what should she do in a situation like this should she go ahead and say to and betray the brother and tell the girlfriend hey my brother is cheating on you you better watch out uh, of course there's a risk there so if she does that the brother then finds out and it's his sibling and she butted in and what's going to be so i, I just want to look at all the different um, scenarios but i want to know what you would do in a situation like this i think i i don't think i would get in the middle of it frankly i'd have to i need time to really uh think about this texture i said never ever go out with someone who is friends with your sibling well um again it it, it becomes uh yeah it, it can get a little uh con convoluted or other types of feelings and then there could be double betrayals and, and things like that i mean this the girlfriend, when she, if and when she finds out, will feel betrayed not just by her boyfriend, but also by his sister if she finds out that she knew and didn't say anything. It will be a double betrayal on that part. If they become friends, that's a different story. I'm friends with my uh, brother-in-law. Somebody else says, say nothing to the brother, but distance from him. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be witness to any more of his behaviors. Absolutely. Uh, should she tell, she should tell her brother she will tell her and see how he reacts. Perhaps it was a one-nighter. Well, she's already told him, um, but out, it's not your business. It sounds a bit like there was an angry response from, from his part. So um, I'm not sure what he would ultimately ultimately do i i don't think she's in physical danger necessarily from her brother but of course i don't know that for sure um what would you do in a situation uh like that i'd love to hear your thoughts at 514-800 this is another email one night a little while ago 
my wife and one of her friends got a little saucy when they were drunk at our place and we almost had a threesome. I never expected it and it was a huge turn on. Afterwards, she agreed that we could have a threesome and we both agreed that sleeping with one of her close friends would be a bad idea. Um, I agree. So now we just need to find the right woman. I know it's a probably bad idea to involve women in our social circle, but I'm much more comfortable around people I know than I am with strangers. I guess our choice is to use an app, but I have zero experience with that type of dating. Um, how can we be sure that whoever agrees to it isn't a weird stalker or something? Do you know the best way to find our so-called unicorn? Good question. Um, I definitely agree with your wife that fulfilling this fantasy with someone in your inner circle is definitely not the best idea because it could get quite complicated. I've seen this destroy friendships um, in other couples, so it, it can be quite quite complicated. I've seen it cause divorce in one. Um, so yeah, very complicated. So you have to remember that when you take a fantasy into real life, you have to deal with people's emotions and you have to deal with your own emotions in a fantasy. None of this exists because you control the fantasy. You are the producer director of this little movie in your head. So please keep that in mind as well. To find a, a third partner, I think you might want to just explore websites that cater more to the swinging lifestyle. There are uh, cities that, and Montreal has a number of um, swingers clubs or libertarian clubs, as sometimes they are called, uh, where you can also go and where there's kind of like-minded people. But there are there are definitely specific websites for uh, people who are in open relationships and in the swinging lifestyle. I just want to point out there is a difference between swinging, so being in it for the sex, and uh, poly relationships or polyamorous relationships where you do develop an emotional connection with the person that's involved in your in in your relationship in your threesome or foursome however many you want um so there is a distinction because i was having a conversation with someone who um you know who it was having certain issues like calling herself okay i'm i i'm a non-monogamous but what does that actually mean and when it came down to it it was i'm okay with the just sex and the the playfulness of the just sex but not okay with another person or my partner having developing a relationship a love relationship with someone else even if i'm the primary um person so i think it's important that you make the um the distinction as to what it is you're looking for and please have conversations before you actually go out and do this yes it seems exciting and yes the fantasy come to life it's all really exciting but there is a reality and you need to think about how you're going to handle 
um, the situation, like have a plan. So what if one of you is not comfortable in the end with the situation? Can you put a stop to this? Do you, do you have a code, uh, a word, something that says, okay, I'm, I'm not comfortable. Let's stop this. How do you th- try and imagine, how are you going to feel with your partner getting pleasure from someone else? Or do you tend to be on the jealous side? How are you going to deal with your own insecurities? So these are some of the things that you need to, uh, definitely need to consider. A texture writes in, I could say I was lucky or not lucky. I don't know, but I had threesomes with a couple, a couple of different girlfriends and somebody always gets jealous, not recommended stick with fantasy. So I don't know if other people have been in that situation, but we, we can certainly help, uh, each other here, right. Or help this person. If you have been in, uh, in a threesome, how did it turn out for you? And what did you not count on in other that, that happened or what was the, if there was any downfall to it, what would it be? And what would be your uh, recommendation? So text writes in almost that's like partial circumcision. Uh, LOL want a threesome, two things you better do. One, think about your marriage vows Two, find your prenup agreement and make sure you both are still in agreement. I was the trigger in a divorce because of a threesome. Think again. Fantasy is not reality. And this has happened. I've, I've heard it on many occasions. I've, I've met with couples that have struggled or that have broken up because of this, um, where emotions came up that they had not counted on, uh, and complications that they had not counted on that, that never factored into their fantasy or their thought process. Um, and usually it's like one person will be okay with it. The other person not okay with it. And then it can cause all kinds of, uh, of negative feelings and it, it clearly not something, um, pleasant. Uh, Mr. My three, Mr. Threesome is playing with disaster for a one shot affair. He could sacrifice his marriage. Well, that it could, that, that is the, um, there is a risk of course, because we don't know what the, the feelings, uh, will be. And it's not just him, it's her too. And, you know, well, coming up, we'll talk about, I uh, got some questions about, uh, penile, uh, curvature, a couple of questions on penis health, which, uh, I'll certainly, um, talk about and whatever else you want to bring up tonight would love to hear your thoughts so right now let's turn it over to the cjd 800 uh, newsroom the following program contains mature subject matter listener discretion is advised from the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak you're listening to passion cjd 800 So here's your headline for your stupid sex story of the day. Guy suspicious after his fiance accidentally loses two engagement rings and breaks a third. Is the universe telling this person something? So after the 27-year-old man made an accusation that resulted in a huge blowout, he consulted the subreddit uh, to convey his predicament and get some advice, I guess, from, from other readers. He says, I've been with my fiance for three years now. I proposed a year ago, but it definitely wasn't out of the blue. She'd been 
not so subtly hinting at getting engaged for months at that point. Although we're both somewhat hot-headed, we generally have a good relationship and we occasionally only fight about small, normal things. I know nothing about jewelry, but I spent a lot of time looking for the right ring to propose with. I talked to two of her closest friends to get their input, and in the end, I spent around $4,000 on the ring. When my fiancé saw it, she told me she loved it, and I'm pretty sure she was telling the truth. Um, This January, my fiancé called me up in tears. She'd somehow lost the ring on her way home from work, and she had no clue where it might be. I left work early to come help her search, but since she'd been riding the subway, the ring was long gone. My fiancé was clearly distraught, so a few weeks later, I dipped into my savings and bought her a different ring. It was Wasn't quite as expensive as the last, but it was from the same jeweler and still a good make. Around June, I noticed one day that it had been a while since I saw my fiancé actually wearing her engagement ring. She went pale and confessed to me that she thought she'd taken it off before bed one night, and now it was lost somewhere in our flat. This time, we searched for days, and I dug up half the floorboards looking for it, but the ring is, to this day, missing. At this point, buying yet another ring was out of the question, too expensive. So I asked her if she'd rather, uh, A, have a cheap replacement ring until after we're married, or B, go without a ring for now. She chose option B. One day we were visiting my grandmother who asked my fiancé where her ring was. When we told her it was lost, my grandmother was kind enough to give my fiancé one of her rings instead. Oh, God, where is this going? But like a curse, another incident reinforced the notion that bad things happen in threes. My fiancé seemed delighted and everything was working out perfectly until this week. I came home to find my grandmother's ring on the table looking almost unrecognizable. My fiancé cried and told me that she'd managed to step on the ring that morning hard enough to break it. I took the ring to a jewelry repair right away. Sadly, they told me that since a few small stones are missing and the original fitting is warped, the ring will never really be the same. They also told me that they were certain someone stepping on the ring couldn't realistically cause this amount of damage. When I got home, I brought this up to my fiancé and asked her if she was 100% sure she'd only stepped on the ring. She completely flipped and yelled at me, asking if I was calling her a liar. I mentioned what the jewelry store said, and she started screaming about me only caring about money and the cost of the rings. It's been a couple of days, and we've barely spoken, especially as she's only coming out of her bedroom for meals. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, People were making talking about this and saying the only explanation I can think of is drugs addiction makes people do weird stuff sometimes um I don't know did she sell it did she accidentally lose it such a crazy story anyhow uh just to talk a little bit more about three sems uh for the advice from our passion community uh, a couple of people wrote in, I was a participant in threesome. The two women fought, and for my part, nothing happened. Nothing like being sandwiched between two angry women. Oh, my God. Talk about a fantasy gone completely off the rails. Another one says, agree. I had a friend 
um, couple who got in trouble with a three-way, but I know of others who have been doing for years. JALF, J-A-L-F, is a great website for those kinds of threesomes. It has been around in Montreal for over 20 years. So I don't know if that J-A-L-F, anybody wants to um, look that up, uh, let me know. Uh, text writes in lost or pawning the ring sucker bet you she had a new tv in her house or new clothes probably tried to get the diamond out or another one says yeah sounds like she sold both the first two rings and then smashed the thir- third one thinking i don't know <laughs> doesn't sound like somebody i i don't know it sounds a little bit suspicious i'm with you on that and i think anybody would be uh, suspicious like what three rings like after all that um i don't know if that couple's going to make it down the aisle frankly truly all right when i was growing up exploring my body and watching porn i noticed that my penis didn't exactly look like those i was seeing on my computer screen it curves up at the co- at the head. I showed it to my doctor, but he didn't seem concerned. When I looked it up myself, I found out about something called cordy. I guess my doctor didn't think my curve was dramatic enough to do anything, but I feel self-conscious and was wondering what my options were to correct it. It's not as pronounced as the pictures I've seen online, but it's still a noticeable curve. What should I do? So obviously diagnosing uh, like this is certainly not possible. So I would not be able to tell you if cordy is, is what you have, but this is a condition at birth in which the penis curves sharply upward or downward. And usually babies who are born with this get corrective minor surgery as children. Now, as an adult, most men have some curve in their penis, some a little more than others. If it causes you no pain with erections and you have no trouble with penetration, then it's just the way your penis looks. They all look different. End of story. That's it. Uh, I, if your doctor's not concerned after he checked it, then it's not something I think I would um, worry about. And, I, and, and maybe stop comparing yourself to porn actors <laughs> in that way. That doesn't help either. If every guy compared himself to the porn actors who get hired because they have really big ones uh, or certain looking ones, uh, then, uh, you know, every, every guy would kind of uh, fall short of that. If he can't stand the look of it or has a partner that can't stand it, then maybe you can get some cosmetics done. But otherwise, if it doesn't hurt, don't fix it. And I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm, if, it, if it doesn't hurt, if it doesn't bother anyone, uh, then don't worry about it. Like most penises are not perfectly straight up and curves are okay. And in fact, some women will tell you that... Um, some of the like some curves are are helpful they get to the g-spot far better uh with penetration and somebody else writes bill clinton had it how do you i don't remember anything about bill clinton's curved penis but send me a link to an article that says so i i don't remember hearing anything about that but maybe monica lewinsky um you know maybe she described his penis i don't know uh maybe that was how she it was proven. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so a texter writes back, JALF, J-A-L-F, stands for Jouer avec les fantasmes. So it's a site, Jouer avec les fantasmes. I met five times with couples being 
a man. Sometimes women too like uh, three-way. Uh, so women, men, men. Yeah, usually when we hear of the guys having the fantasies, it's not usually with another guy. It's usually two women or their their partner, their female partner is bi-curious and, and this is what they want. But um, how many men would be just fine with uh, one woman and uh, two men? I remember having this conversation. I don't remember who said it, but someone said it even on the text board. It's like, no, no, I don't want my sword touching anybody else's sword. Um, so there's that as well. So I'd love to hear uh, some of your uh, thoughts on that. Did that young lady actually want to get married? Well, that's the question being asked, right? It doesn't quite uh quite seem so coming up a question about hypospadias tell you what that is uh, that's coming up passion with dr Lori batito on cjad 800 uh trouble tuesdays you still have a bit of time to get in your thoughts your questions we've been talking about threesomes and the dangers and so far most of the feedback we've gotten is not so positive like there's some risks but a couple of people said they've had success with that. So love to hear some of your thoughts. And the texter writes, yeah, the ring story sounds like a lot of trouble and lies. And she dug a hole so deep all because she changed her mind about getting married and couldn't admit it. Now the hole is so deep she can't get out. Well, that's a possibility. And I think, you know, at the bottom of all of that, it's like, is there an unconscious uh, uh, desire uh, not to get married? Uh, threesomes are for singles and for those who want to be single in the near future, is it really worth the risk? How much do you really love each other? Think again. So we're getting a lot of that, um, a lot of that tonight. Okay. I'm pretty sure I was born with something called hypospadias, but because of where I grew up, I didn't really see doctors who checked me out down there. My urethra is definitely on the underside of my penis. So that's the opening where you pee instead of being at the tip of the penis is somewhere on the underside and there's different levels of hypospadias. So you can have it on the underside of the tip. It can be further along the shaft. So basically you'd be like peeing instead of straight ahead down, like downwards coming, the hole would be in a different place. Okay. Uh, so it goes on to say, um, it's never bothered me before, but I'm worried about it affecting my, um, fertility. I'm also worried about the possibility of it being a magnet for weird infections and stuff. As I get older, I guess it'll be better to get it fixed now if it's necessary before I live with my wife, but if it doesn't affect my fertility or health, do I even need to get it fixed? So this is actually a, a, a rather common condition, some, somewhere in one in 200 births, actually. Uh, and it's identified usually at birth. If it's mild, meaning that it doesn't interfere with urination or ejaculation, then you don't need to correct it. it, it it's not necessary. Um, Otherwise, it's just considered a very minor uh, surgery under uh, general anesthesia. But it should really have no impact on your fertility or your ability to have sex unless there are other issues with your testes. So, um, and that can happen in a minority of the cases of hypospadias where there's a, an issue with your testes. So if everything else is working fine, then it's not something 
you need to uh, you need to really uh, worry about. This sounds silly when I say it out loud, and to be fair, it's only a problem every once in a while. Basically, when I sleep with a new guy, I either get a yeast infection or bacterial vaginosis. When I'm with the same partner, everything is fine. But when it's the first time with someone, my vagina always freaks out and then I have to get monostat or antibiotics. It can't be the condoms. To be frank, I don't always use them. And when I consistently do, they don't cause any problems. My friends have taken to calling it new dick syndrome as a joke, but it honestly feels like that's the best descriptor for what happens the first time I sleep with someone new. What's the deal? You know, I'm, I'm not sure why that happens, but I do know that yeast and bacterial vaginosis infections are more likely to happen when you're having sex with a new partner. Not exactly uh, sure why. Um, I mean, the ejaculate or the lube, it may be causing a change in the pH balance of your vagina. So maybe that's what's happening. And you, when you're with the same partner, your vagina kind of gets used to that. I don't know. Um, nonetheless, make sure you get a proper diagnosis from a medical doctor so that you can treat it properly because you either, you know, either you treat it with an over-the-counter yeast infection medication or you need antibiotics, but you need to find out which is it, this one or uh, that one. My wife's got it. She pawned on the first two rings and smashed the last ring because it wasn't worth anything. (laughs) Yeah, and for the hypospadia, somebody writes, could be an advantage making lifting the toilet seat not necessary. Um, yes. And sometimes when clearly when the urethral opening is on the underside of the penis, it could make urinating standing up maybe a little messy, but you know, men who grow up with this learn, (laughs) they, they don't just go ahead and pee everywhere. They, they learn, um, how, how to direct the penis in whatever direction it needs to be. And if it needs to be directly over the toilet bowl, yes. And if they need to sit down to pee, so be it. That's okay. I'm a virgin. And when I do have sex for the first time, I totally intend to use a condom. Good. With that said, I recently overheard my older brother making a joke about finding out that he was allergic to latex the hard way. That totally terrified me. The last thing I want is my first time being ruined with a huge, gnarly, allergic reaction and what I assume is a long recovery. Since it's my brother, I was wondering if latex allergies are genetic. Is there a way to tell in advance if you're allergic to latex or whatever else condoms are made of other than that? Just Other than just rubbing one on yourself. I'd rather not find out the hard way. What a, that's a really good question, actually. So latex allergies are super, super rare. Less than 1% of the population, by the way. The people who are have this type of allergy react to the, the latex um, protein. So when it's 
mild, because the allergy can be mild, it can cause swelling and itching and, and redness when you make contact with it. And it in more severe, some people have a more severe allergy, it can cause more um, intense uh, reactions. But rubber latex is found in so many things like gloves and condoms and balloons and pretty much anything made of rubber. Um, I suppose genetics could be involved in as much as people have other allergies. Like if you have other allergies and maybe this would fit in with the other allergies. So there, there's that. If you absolutely want to be sure, go to the doctor and they can do a specific allergy test that will give you a definitive answer. But most people would know, like you can try using latex gloves on your hands and see if you react to, uh, to the latex on your hands, for example. So that, that would show up um, probably there. And somebody else suggested it at the exact same time. Absolutely. Uh, usually you can test it on your eyes, but that could be less fun. I would not want to test anything on, on my eyes. And God, if you develop something there, mm -mm -mm. Uh, I remember getting a cold sore once because one night I made out with someone I didn't know. Thankfully, I never had another cold sore. So the, that's one of the herpes viruses, the oral one which could live in your, which lives in your body. So if you've had one cold sore, you have the virus that lives in you. Um, but it doesn't mean you'll ever have another cold sore or you may only have cold sores when you're sick or when you've got fever or when you're super stressed or, or not. Um, but if you ever do get a cold sore or you feel a tingling coming on and the cold sore is about to come out, then the thing you definitely don't want to do is put your mouth on somebody's genitals because that can transmit um, herpes to the, um, the genitals. So, um, and anybody should be responsible about this. Like really people who are prone to cold sores know when a cold sore is about to erupt. Um, they get a, a tingly feeling before there's something that grows there. So please avoid uh, kissing uh, if you can. I mean, there are plenty of people who live, this is like the most common virus there is around that lives in our bodies uh, with huge portion of the population um, having it in their bodies and especially the oral kind. Um, and it, it doesn't need to cause any unnecessary uh, problems if you just, take care of it. That's it. It's, it's something to be managed just like genital herpes needs to be, um, managed. Absolutely. And there are, you know, medications for that. And especially for the genital herpes, there are medications you could take every day. If you get a lot of outbreaks or only when you need it, only when you get an outbreak, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I hope uh, you will feel free to send in uh, your questions uh, to me. You know, you can uh, you can send them anytime. Somebody says herpes is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it's not so much of a gift that you want. Uh, so send them to me by email. You can just go to drlaurie.com, fill out the contact form there if you can't remember the whole uh, email address, and uh, send me whatever questions you have or comments that you have or ideas for show topics that you want me to cover. I'm always happy to, uh, to oblige for that. 
Thank you all for your text messages tonight. Uh, thanks to Dave Simon, our technical producer. Uh, social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's uh, Dr. Lori Betito. My last name spelled B-E-T-I-T-O. Coming up uh, next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>